This episode of the Designated Drinker Show is brought to you by Hendrix Gin. Hendrix, a gin made oddly. Life is too glorious not to experience this peculiar flavor infused with rose and cucumber in a Scottish distillery. Keep it simple with a bit of tonic. Top it with cucumber. Yeah, I said cucumber. Or even be more adventurous and go to our website to get Gina's amazing recipe. To learn more about this unusual gin, go to HendrixGin.com. HendrixGin.com. How do you make your living? More than that, do you work to live? Or do you live to work? For some people, a job is just that. They punch a clock and do their time. At the end of the day, they set work aside and try not to think about it again until they have to. For others, their career is their calling. The difference between work and play, between career and a calling, comes down to one thing, passion. Are you passionate about what you do? If you love what you do, every day can be an adventure. If you love it, you strive to grow, not only in your job, but also to grow the industry you're in. You learn from those ahead of you and mentor those coming up behind. Passion rises the proverbial tide. Passion lifts all boats. Passion makes it fun. But then, passion makes everything more fun. Hi, I'm Louise Salas, and this is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails, one amazing cocktail at a time. Here, we ask more than just what makes these cocktails so very, very exquisite. We ask who, and that who is, of course, none other than our very own one and only Gina. Gina. Hey, everybody. Louise, I'm so happy to be here, but man, I wish there was more than one of me. There's so much happening. Well, I'm just not sure the world is ready for two Ginas. <laughs> Probably right about that. We need to keep the world safe. So while there may never be two Ginas, I think we might have something you're going to like just as much. It's uh, today's designated drinker? Yes, it is absolutely today's designated drinker. Please welcome to the show the designated drinker, Charlotte Vossi, William Grant & Sons Global Brand Ambassador. Hi. Hi, Charlotte. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. So you have quite an impressive resume. Let me run this down. I'm going to actually Uh read from the paper (laughs) so I don't get it wrong. Not only are you the global brand ambassador of WGS, named named 2011 Mixologist of the Year by Wine Enthusiast Magazine, host of The Proper Pour, which I understand you're starting your sixth season, Mm -hmm. and two-time Golden Sprint Award winner at Tales of the Cocktail, which, just so everyone knows, we're here in New Orleans just for that reason. Um, and then she's also received the James Beard recognition, and she's also been on the Iron Chef America um, and even covered the royal wedding. Yeah. How the hell did you get that ticket? I'm British. Oh, they just <laughs> the let accent. all of you guys in? You're just like, oh, she's a Brit, let her in. It's a club, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's far from the truth. <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did this journey of being a brand ambassador happen? Yeah, so I come from a bartender background, um, as a lot of brand ambassadors do in the industry. I worked in London. I ran a bar, a cocktail bar. And in um, 2006, I moved over to the U.S. specifically to become a brand ambassador with William Grant & Sons. Oh. Um, yeah, it, was a, it was a good time. in London had just been through the cocktail renaissance, the resurgence of craft cocktails. And America was just about to start 
around about that time, give or take. Fertile ground for you. Yeah, so it was, it was great. I'd just been through it, so cool. uh, it was a good time. So I imagine you've seen a lot of change. Yes. You've probably yes. been pivotal on that change as well. I definitely think I've been on the sort of the front line, which is, you know, an always. amazing place to be to see it. Always. Yeah. You've always it's been, been on, like right there. Yeah, it's been uh, educational, but so much fun. So after, um, when you moved here in 2016, here being the U.S., you were in D.C., or, or in New York, I mean? Yeah, 2006 I moved here. Um, yep, lived in New York um, and worked specifically on Hendrix Gin for the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, it had been launched a couple of years prior, but... Um, really? It seems like it's, I mean, everyone knows that it. it doesn't seem yeah. like it's that... I mean, young of a brand. Yeah. Is that only within the United States that that's new to us? Uh, no, no. Hendrix was first distilled in uh, late '99, so it's relatively, wow. relatively new yeah. to the industry. Yeah. For for an industry like this, where mm, you have things yeah. that have been hundreds just, of years yeah, old. Yes. Exactly. Well, not necessarily in the U.S. There was that little gap called the Prohibition, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's when the most money was made. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Now most we should mention that we're at the Napoleon House today. We are. We are. Where uh, prohibition and all that little that little era was uh, really big and making money and bringing in gin when you're not supposed to be bringing in gin. Mm -hmm. No, we learned it was a speakeasy. Yeah, we're actually yeah. a part of it. So and it's cool. cool. There's all kinds of spirits here. Yeah, all kinds, all <laughs> kinds. Um, so yeah, so we're in the heart of the French Quarter. In case anyone wanted to know where where the hell we are today. Um, so what does it mean to be a brand ambassador? I know you educate, are you going, is it um, something that you go directly to the industry or are you doing a direct to consumer approach um, or is it just kind of a well-rounded holistic approach? Yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, the, when I started, it was all about connecting um, the brands, the company to the bartender. And that's why so many bartenders are hired for this role because if, if, if companies and brands want to talk to a certain community, who better than to take one of, of their own yeah. to fa facilitate that? Um, but it's everything. No, no two days are the same. There's no routine. There's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it feels <laughs> like. Um, but a lot of what we do is nurture and converse and listen to the bartender community to truly understand how we fit in, how we can help them, how they can help us, yeah. and how we can all play together. Um, there's a, a little bit of consumer direct. There's a lot of press. There's a few little admin days here and there, but we don't like to, <laughs> to talk about those too much. But, it's, yeah, it's an industry face in I would say cool oh so industry total yeah but you you have classes though right yeah yeah absolutely a lot of what I do is education whether it's on our brands or how spirits are made or um, educating people bartenders or at-home consumers how to make cocktails oh, that would uh, be breaking cool. it down for them yeah straight to the source so much fun I bet I bet um, I often get a, a lot of people ask me how I make something I'll make take a note from Gina and like a, a, a punch of some kind so somebody else can serve themselves when I'm yeah. having house parties. Great idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to work my own parties. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't want to work. Um, <laughs> so I, I often get that question. It's like, how did you know to do that? And yeah. the, um, it's just, you just you taste a lot of things. Well, yeah. I, Smoke and mirrors, most of bartending. Smoke <laughs> and mirrors. Yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, did you love that? It's amazing, right? Meanwhile, it's an 18th century recipe. You're like, I made it up today, right now for you. <laughs> special, special, just for you. You yeah. inspired it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a history of uh, it's a history of that, right? In bartending, most people just have like a theatrical yeah. um, way of flaming things or doing something or yeah. throwing fire in old drinks, and you got famous for it. Yep. You dramatic? Not me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a I'm such a wallflower. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> so um, I hear you do have a really funny story you might want to tell the two of you about how you met 
Do you may have something to do with a fig. Oh, the figs. Do you want to tell the story? That's funny. I like it. Yeah, well, I'll tell the story because I didn't think of any, anything of it at the time, right? But you said it was funny. So the first time I met Gina was in D.C. and I think it was the first year, 2006. And um, I guess my colleague had brought us together and I was going in there to make some drinks with you. Yeah, for, um, for Wall Street Journal. For Wall Street Journal. Oh, there you go. So I, I popped by there and we met and I was sort of unpacking everything. And I said, oh, I've forgotten the figs. I'll just pop out and grab some. I'll be right back. And I guess while I'm just popping out in D.C. <laughs> looking for figs, Gina's standing there going, who is this? And where does she think she's <laughs> going to get figs from at this time of year in this neighborhood? Um, but for me, it comes back to, you know, in London, because of the, the climate, like w seasonality isn't such a big thing for us there because not everything grows there we import and obviously have for a long time everything from all over the world so it, it was less of an issue seasonality like we didn't go to local farmers markets and and understand ingredients when they were at the height of season and use that so we were just used to having everything at our fingertips at yeah. all times so that's kind of set me on the path of understanding like oh you use different ingredients at different times in the year <laughs> that's cool you uh, you can do that that's yeah funny. you're like where yeah. the hell are the figs? <laughs> Charlotte is an um, amazing person. I, I would say, I was going to jump in and say like yeah. after that, um, Charlotte was new here, but she knew everybody and really opened um, my eyes to what I was doing could be bigger. Like it could be, you know, a real career and people take you serious. Mm -hmm. And it was and it was because of Charlotte that I came to my first tales of the cocktail, which was the year after. Right, you went the next year. I believe. Yeah. Or you went first, and then I went the next year. Right. Yeah. And it was epic, and that mm -hmm. was it. And uh, I think that's a universal thread in that managing your own brand and being aware of how to network and grow your your whatever profession you're in, especially in bartending. Mm -hmm. That um, becoming a professional, from what I'm learning, is kind of a, a newfound space. Um, that the rebirth of no that a bartender is definitely a profession or can be. It doesn't yes. mean for me it was a I. That's how I managed to get through college. Um, I paid my bills that way, but there are so many other people um, that, I mean, it's, honestly, it's a tough job. Mm -hmm. It's a very tough job, and it should be a profession that's yeah. taken seriously. Yeah. Well, kind of like being a chef. One thing I want to I want Charlotte to like elaborate on is that she's a mentor. Like she, like, being a brand ambassador also comes with a mentorship, and she literally has bartenders. I, I can't even imagine how many in each city or how many people that she knows and like, has a close relationship with and makes cocktails with, but keeps them like under her wing and like always is you know maybe it's a text message maybe it's a I, I was thinking about you but really puts a feeler out to them and keeps them engaged or moving forward or like how do you do that like all the time like I want to know like do you find it exhausting or is it really just like kind of like you know just in you like nurturing yeah I guess I mean that's lovely for you to have said um I think it's it's just organic I think it's the way I go about things I mean I was always I always feel like I was in the right time, right place with my career and feel terribly lucky for the people who were around me and, and the less cluttered environment that I started in in this industry, which I think allowed me just more share of the limelight and, and more opportunities. Um, and I want to share those. You know, you quickly, I quickly understood that I'm not the best in this business by a long shot. And if, if everyone else is given the room to shine and bring forward their best work, what a 
better industry this would be. So I love finding people who are just so great at what they do. And sometimes they do need a bit of support because not everyone is as privileged as I have been. Yeah. So that's, it's that's nice amazing. to do. Yeah. It's amazing. Mentorship is so important. I yeah. think it's important, especially for women, um, as, yeah. we, we, as we make our way through and, and end up the top of our, our industries, um, whatever they may be. I think it's really um, inspiring and uh, mentorship yeah. is in, so incredibly important um, all the way around. So thank you. Thanks for giving back. Yeah, I think that's course. also how you grow yourself too, like how you grow professionally um, because you, you've made the top drink. You've done you know, wonderful awards. So how do you give back and grow yourself? Yeah, and, and sometimes it, it, it happens to you. So people, I remember the first sort of year or so, people would come up and say, you know, you're my mentor or you've inspired me. And I think, well, I didn't, I didn't intend to, yeah. but that's nice. But then you suddenly realize, oh, if I have a platform or I have the power to... Let's make sure I'm setting a good example because people all look in and follow in. So now then you take it seriously. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So what are some of the major things you've seen change within the industry since you've kind of had your, your finger on the pulse? Um, everything's got bigger, better, brighter, faster, deeper, right? <laughs> I mean, I think Tales of the Cocktail is a wonderful kind of yearly check-in to see how the industry has grown and is growing. This event alone, just the sheer size of it shows how much the industry has developed over the last now 15 years. It's the 15th year of Tales this week, which is crazy. Um, just the sheer amount of people involved um, and the, the quality of cocktails and bars that we're seeing everywhere. So that's one big change. Um, the penetration of education. You know, bartenders now are more informed and knowledgeable than ever before. Um, categories of spirits are just exploding. You know, when we came out with Hendrix, uh, there were four or five, you know, great gin brands that everyone had grown up with that everyone knew, and that was it. And Hendrix was suddenly disrupting this category. You know, now there are thousands of gins. Um, yeah. So that's one. The gin category is a great kind of case study on how the industry has changed over the last decade or so. That's great. Yeah. And, and how do you think that you, you, you talk about having the depth? Is that, I would assume that in the major cities, you're seeing a lot of like quick adaption, or adoption of something new, like, mm -hmm. like in New York or, um, or even a, a, a DC or an LA. How do you, is that playing out true? Do you see that throughout like say the smaller cities in yeah, the United States? I do. And the second um, indicator to measure the industry, if you think that Tales of the Cocktail might be one for me is the USBG, so the United States Bartender Guild. Um, which has been in existence for decades. But when I got to the US 2006, I think there were like three chapters, New York, Vegas, and S San Francisco, maybe. Pretty inactive. Now there are over 60, 60, which means wow. over 60 cities in this country have an organized group of passionate bartenders who give their free time to get together, socialize, network, learn, mm -hmm. put on events. So imagine 60 cities. We're not no longer just talking about the big guys. Yeah, it's exactly. everywhere, that's all amazing. over the country. That's so great. that's a true indicator of how deep it's gotten. That's great. And, that's some, and then some cities have two. You yeah. have like a craft uh, exactly. guild and then the USBG. Yep. And then you have like the crossovers. <coughs> and it's crazy. Yep. That's amazing. It is mm -hmm. amazing. So do you, do you um, Gina, do you actively participate in those? Do you have your bartenders pushing that? How do you see that changing your, in the, like your immediate world? So um, our guild in D.C., the D.C. Craft Bartenders Guild, is going to be 10, oh, sorry, 11 years old this year. And this is, uh, it's, a big, it's a big deal. We were found, I'm one of the founders. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, there was 10 of us. We founded it. And then the USBG, um, we reactivated that in... 
I think it's five years now in Washington, D.C. So that was, it was first the Guild, the Craft Partners Guild, and then the USBG because it remained inactive for so long. So mm -hmm. we, I, w I did not, I was not um, like the president or anything of that guild. So yes, but it was people like, Charlotte is very pivotal and very, and very humble in, in her active, like in what she did in these cities. Like she went into these cities and said, you know, use this, make your cocktails, do, use the fresh juice, get together, talk to people, you know, 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 your, know your, your peers mm. and don't compete with them because being competitive only, you know, is stifling. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's one thing that Charlotte has always taught anybody that's really at stake in Charlotte as a mentor or like what she has to say is that you, you play together, yeah. you do everything together because you're only gonna get better together and you're gonna, you know, being alone on a rock somewhere is not, is not, your, is not a happy place. Right, True. raise all tides. Um, yep. So I'm gonna talk about something no one wants to talk about. I'm gonna say the icky word, millennial. Do you think they're playing? <laughs> uh, I'm obviously not one. Um, do you think they're playing? Uh, what kind of role are they playing? I mean, because obviously this is the well, the generation that we are facing. I mean, that are play a large mm -hmm. role in all of the things that are happening. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do how do they fit into your puzzle? Yeah, it's funny. Um, another show that I do every year is the nightclub and bar in Las Vegas, and every year I give a seminar and they let me pick the topic. So this year I chose non-alcoholic drinks um, because. When I was reading around the subject and um, talking to some other peers, y you read that a third of millennials don't drink alcohol. Wow. Um, yet they're out and about and they're active and they're consuming and they're buying things and they love creativity, they love food, they love drink. They're going to bars and they're enjoying beautifully made cocktails, but a third of them choose not to drink alcohol for a variety of reasons. So. Yeah, they're impacting our industry already, and they will do, and they set the trends now. They, they rule the roost. <laughs> yeah, they do. So. Don't tell them, though. Don't tell them. <laughs> they know already. <laughs> <laughs> and if they'll tell you. Exactly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, so uh, speaking of high demand, Gina, this okay. is now. I'm now putting you on the hot seat. Um, okay. And uh, so what are you going to make for uh, Charlotte today? Oh. What do you feel like? What are you going to um, do? Well, in a true... Uh, in true English fashion, we're gonna do a um, we're gonna do a, a Pim's uh, cocktail, um, so kind of bring it home for her, and something light. So it's a, a Pim's, a um, little bit of a, a soda that I made. It's a, it's a play on a on a Pim's. So it is um, Pim's cup number one, and then I made a turmeric and ginger and carrot soda with a with just a little bit of lemon, so nice and fresh. And then we're just gonna top it off with some fresh cucumber and uh, give it a little stir. So um, hopefully she loves it, um, and if not, she's gonna lie about it. No, I'm just kidding. So if you, what I'm doing right now is just putting a few cucumbers on the top just to kind of get their flavor in there and really the aromatics of it for the pims. And then I'm gonna finish it off with a bit of um, Japanese shiso and some fresh um, mint. So Gina, is that a Tom Collins glass or a Collins glass? It's a, it's a, it's a tall glass. So tall it's a glass. Collins glass or a tall glass. Um, anytime you make a soda drink um, at home or wherever, you kind of want it to be uh, high because it holds the carbonation better. So, so when you make a soda, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you do that soda? So um, so today I just took, I took two ounces of carrot juice, uh, half an ounce of lemon, half an ounce of uh, fresh ginger juice, and then uh, just a little like a pinch of turmeric. 
added some soda water, about six ounces, or sorry, water, and then I put it in the ISI and made a fresh soda. And again, your ISI, tell me what that is. An ISI is a soda siphon. ISI is a brand name. I prefer them. Um, but it is, uh, it's a siphon. It was used, it's what's been used for making sodas way before those were the little fancy machines that you walk into any store and press a button and it says Coke. You had a mixture Coke and uh, soda water. It's the first uh, vessel of carbonation. Great. So, Charlotte, it's all you. I'm jealous. It looks lovely. It looks so beautiful. And the aromatics from the fresh garnish are just awesome. It's a beautiful color. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. So what comes to mind? What are the flavors that are... Um, definitely like fresh is the, <laughs> the flavor. <laughs> no, the, um, get the carrot, get the ginger, which is, you know, classic in a Pim's um, Ooh, cocktail or mine, Pim's kind of drink. Mine. Yeah, definitely get the cucumber. It's funny because... It you almost s- has a mint. Yeah. Well, well, it's the, there's, on oh, top is the shisa. Oh, so you have Japanese mint and then you have um, local mint. And uh, it's only fitting because cucumbers came from... You know, um, Asia, so there you go. We lent us the seeds and then we made our own cucumbers. So you're kind of keeping it all together, right? Yeah. It's great. No, it's great. And what you smell, you then taste, right? Because yeah. aroma is seven, like yeah, 70% so of flavor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you, Gina. You're welcome, of course. So could you put any um, um, herb on there? Would you? Do you have some that you would say yes to and no to? Or is it really just up to? Um, uh, honestly, uh, what's local to you? Anything that has like minty, anise, uh, lemon balm, something that's like fresh. Aromatics play a huge part in uh, cocktails, especially when you're using uh, things like pins that have so many different aromatics to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, fresh is best. I I feel like that's, just, that's really what it is. Fresh <laughs> is best. I, uh, there's, no way, there's no other way around it in the bartending world. Yeah. Something I've, I have definitely, um, you know, completely brainwashed myself into. So. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well... Since we're on the road, Gina, you know what that means? It's last call. And uh, we don't have to go home, but we have to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I might be taking the Pimps Cup with me. Absolutely.